Hey, you guys! It's the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Goonies. You, no trouble. Me, You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit. All your money. And you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Welcome to the podcast, the Movie Crew Podcast. We're your host. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer and sound guru Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? Doing wonderful, sir. We also have another cinematographer and sound guru, Mike Griggs. What's up? What's up? What's going on? And we have costume designer, Kristen Jones. Hi. Hello. How are you? Oh, I am doing well. You guys excited? We're, we're talking the Goonies. Hey, you guys. Always excited. So excited. Guys, I don't even know where to start. Where do we begin with this cult classic? What would some consider maybe a masterpiece of 80s cinema? Mm, I would consider that for sure. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Not just because it ticks all the nostalgia boxes, too. I think it's it's very well done. All right. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> anybody, any, anybody else here? Come on. Come on. Come on. You guys got love for this? Do you not? Do we need to address this first? <laughs> no. Are, you, is this a, are these leading questions, Brian? No, I feel, like, like, I feel, I feel like you're poking the bear. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I loved this movie growing up. But then this time I watched it, I had some problems with it. But um, I, I think that's I think that's the the modern filmmaker brain looking at a, a children's movie. You start you start seeing all the holes in the in the. What well, I don't know if I'd ever seen this one completely uncut like I watched it this time. I think I maybe have been watching some a different version. Uncut in what sense? Like on like TV? Was seen back I, think, I think I watched or? it on TV like back in the day. I definitely didn't remember the opening for some reason. Like the whole, the whole car the, chase. The whole, all of that was like, I was yeah. like, what? what? Where, where is this coming from? <laughs> Did anybody else experience this? No. He's just channeling his uh, future lethal weapon. That's all. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. A kid's film from the director of Lethal Weapon. That's right. That's right. He also did Lady Hawk, though, and Superman. So, you know, and there's some call outs to Superman in this film. Yes, there are. Didn't he also do something with the uh, Gremlins? What, Donner? No. No, that's no, Chris Columbus. No, it's, it's, oh, yeah. Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus. Gremlins. Sorry. Yeah. I'm crossing all these people. There's so many people who have their hands in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, man. This is, it's, it's just like a, a towering group of just masters that have worked on this film. 
guys, I don't understand why this is such a fucking beloved movie. I'll just come out and say it. I just don't understand why everybody there fucking loves this movie so, so much. For it. Did you not watch it when you were a kid? I did. I saw it when I was a kid. Um, and you just didn't. You didn't care. You, you don't. You had to put. Like you had to put this in perspective, Mike. Uh, Brian is not a normal kid. <laughs> oh, I'm Wait, aware what? of that. Okay, yeah. so you can't you can't run the the kid prism through Brian because it just doesn't work like that. I mean, I didn't see this movie until I was like 14, so I didn't I didn't have the you know the 10 or 12 year old kid prism either. I mean, oh, the really? first yeah. the first time I saw this movie was like five years ago. So wow, am I the only one who saw this was age appropriate? <laughs> wow. I mean, they they drop like 15 shit words. I mean. There yeah. is a lot. The, of the likelihood that yeah, the That's likelihood that my mom would have let me watch this when I was age appropriate is so beyond <laughs> anything. Uh, I, I know for a fact I saw it when I was a kid, but it makes me think I saw the TBS version or something. You know, mm-hmm. where they where they chopped it up a little bit. Oh, this was on and TBS I, and like HBO all the time back in yeah, the day. all the time. And I, and I know I definitely did not see it in this aspect ratio. I was kind of like, mm. wow, it's nice to see this in, and, and use an anamorphic lenses as well. I'll nice anamorphic that. flares all over this movie. Oh, yeah, man. Gorgeous. So many anamorphic flares. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful cinematography in this. There's also a few. There's also um, some really shitty cinematography yes. in this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's real grainy. Um, lighting's kind of like flat. the grain. It, but they're, the sound. What are they doing with... How are they capturing their dialogue? Because this whole movie is nothing but kids screaming over kids. It's all ADR. Um, they, they spent is about it all six ADR? weeks of ADR, they said. Because it, cause it yeah. doesn't sound... It, I guess it's the way movies were mixed then, because now everything uh, it sounds so close. You yeah. Know? But like this, it just sounded like, like, like we're capturing a room of kids. Well, that, I'm surprised kind of the that entire, it was ADR. That's the, that's the conceit of the whole movie, is that it is literally just... What eight, ten kids just running around and screaming at the same screaming time? Screaming on top of each yeah. other. I mean, I think okay. So I loved. I l- think the movie's kind of brilliant. And I loved it, but that's my biggest complaint is that there's too many kids and all they're doing is screaming. <laughs> that's all they're, they're doing the whole movie is just screaming. They're, they just scream their way through the whole movie. Other than that, I think it's great. <laughs> there is a lot of screaming. There's at least six different times where somebody's like, "Hey, shut up, shut up," so they can actually deliver a line. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like it's like being around a bunch of kids. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's fighting for their chance to talk. Well, I think, honestly, this is like a really like I understand why I was only allowed to have a couple of friends over at one time now because <laughs> it all too becomes many. clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, that, see, that was my life when I was a kid. Like, I have five siblings. So this movie oh just God. feels like my entire childhood. Richard Donner was starting to lose like his patience at the end of the shoot. He was just like, oh, my yeah, God, these sure. fucking kids. <laughs> They're driving me insane. Shooting with kids, it's wonderful, except for I've lost my goddamn mind. I think he says something, you know, PG like that, actually, in the making of. Yeah, he does. Well, okay, considering that all they're doing is running around screaming, they, they are pretty cute. And they do give, you know, a decent performance. And considering that, again, their lines are just them screaming. Uh, you know, it's it's a good performance. I bought it. I it's definitely like probably what kids do. I don't I don't know. Run around screaming though. Like I got it. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Corey Feldman just gets on my goddamn nerves in this fucking movie so bad. And maybe that's just baggage that I'm bringing in as an adult later. But I, I'm pretty sure I remember as a kid thinking like, man, mouth is an annoying douchebag. Well, well that is maybe that's not douchebag. His entire I think character. that's his role. That's yeah. the whole point of his character. <clears throat> Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it, it – I mean, come on. Like, it's just so much, man. Let's just – I don't know. Like, Chunk in the movie, like, I think that's his character too. But 
I find his Man. performance endearing. Dude, no, oh, I sure. found his performance sure. so fucking cringeworthy, bro. As as a as a fat kid growing out of being fat kid, it's kind of hard, man. It's kind of harsh. If it feels, and like every time the dude opens his mouth, he's talking about food, even though he is, he can smell ice cream through fucking walls and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, kid's got superpowers. I mean, like, well, I, mean I, I know he's practiced really well because <laughs> uh, I totally get it. Uh, like, um, I don't know. I get the I get the humor in it and all that, but like, but like you, you just see it through the twenty twenty eyes. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, the fat shaming is not cool, and the the writing is a little cringeworthy. I'll agree with that, but I I still think his performance is like <laughs> when the Fratellis got him all around, and they're like, "Tell us exactly everything we want to know," and he starts oh, listing so, all no, the no, bad no, no, things no. he ever did in childhood. He's probably one of the. He's probably one of the best, most relatable characters in the entire movie. He's the guy, you know, he's it's the thing you usually remember, the truffle shuffle. But what, but let's just like, let me get back to the fat thing one more time. Like <laughs> the end, the end of the fucking movie, his parents bring him a fucking pizza. <laughs> well, like they're he, like, they're like, we need in their defense, He's been missing for like 16 hours. So the fact that they're thoughtful enough to nobody else's parents were like hey you're gonna be hungry let's bring you food here's his, the, his are the only ones that's a good point they didn't bring the bottled waters they went straight to the Domino's pizza bro th- I guarantee you the writers were not thinking about the, his well-being they were it was the running gag of of course this kid would want his oh, his, his sure. favorite absolutely. Domino's pizza absolutely and it's another way to put some more uh product placement in there yeah all the pepsi products i thought that was kind of overkill in like the first 20 minutes i was like how many do we really need here (laughs) that's spielberg trying to make that money back (laughs) yeah man he's producing the shit out of that oh man it's like we got to make sure we can recoup some of this 19 million dollar budget here it it felt like an 80s spielberg movie with all the product placement and the very lived in houses yeah just just the, the yeah Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. When you say Spielberg in the 80s, my brain immediately goes to Indiana Jones. And I'm like, wait a minute. But yeah, I guess you're right. You think about like E.T. More the commercial stuff. Not not the. Yeah. 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 The stuff to aim toward kids. So what? So, Brian, you said you don't understand why it's not beloved. Does that mean that you don't like it at all? Or like what are your what are your actual feelings on it? It's it's not it's not the story. It's it's just it's just like it's just like the last movie we talked about. It's not the story. It's not all that. It's all the little pops. It's all the little. It's 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 the it's the fun little. It's the fucking slide where everybody's spinning around yeah. and and where they pop out and they land and and it's the fucking Fratellis, the classic fucking Disney style fucking uh, you know the the bad guys. You know you got the two bumbling dudes and you got the boss who's a who look looks like a a, a short mob feed. eagle. Yeah, well, no, yeah, she she looks like a short female Sam, Sam Kennison, like you know, fucking. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're all they're all huge characters, you know. It's it's yeah, a cart it's a cartoon. Well, fuck, it has to be a cartoon because um, um, Data has like gadgets like James Bond, but they're all like goofy cartoon stuff. It was like, all Inspector Gadget. You're I- right, it is Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I was thinking that, yeah, because he has the trench coat and everything. It's well, like yeah. perfect. No, it's, yeah. he's James Bond, right? He's 007, not 007. No, like, no, 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 she, no, she's dead on with the Inspector <laughs> Gadget. It's Inspector Gadget because he's not smooth. He keeps like stumbling and messing up, and like nothing yeah. quite goes according <laughs> to plan. It's, it's not James Bond. <laughs> he wants to be Bond, all right? Pinchers well, of power. Or what, what are they? Are <laughs> pincers of peril? <laughs> pincers of peril. <laughs> <laughs> what was, you what see that shoes? smile right there? 
That smile you're giving right there, Brian. That's why people like this movie. Yeah, it, no, dude, look, it, it, it's, it's, it's remembering those damn moments. Fun. It's remembering those those cute moments. No, I disagree. And, I, I think Data is a highlight of this film. I think he's the best thing in this fucking film. Like every time he's on screen, <laughs> I my eyes light up and I'm just like, I love all of this. I feel the comedy. I That's I some feel over Indiana Jones uh, love in there. No, bro. That's, like his yeah. his moments are is where like the fantasy elements and like the goofy humor right like really He's the one who sells it yeah yeah i am wondering what is in the bag <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man like like sean astin like his little like wonderment performance thing it just i don't know i don't know if it really works for me all the time like some of the times it does he got better as the movie went along he did uh, he yeah did. at the beginning i was like ah he sucks but like they're well, also they shot he, almost he, the whole thing in order he he has the shittiest he has the shittiest dialogue like as far as like he he has all the expositional you know come on guys you know you know we can't go up there and live our lives and you know our our, our time is now it's down here you know all that yeah that's it, well it, he's that's trying to save his life and his parents' life in their house because for some reason they have to move out of the town if they lose the house there's a country club yeah which I never understood. <laughs> That was one of the weaker, one of the weaker well, you know, parts the, of the, the story the, for it's sure. It's a really small yeah. town, and the country club's taking over everything. You know. Well, they're, no, they're, they're they're there is a mention bags. of a foreclosure. It's a it's a terrible throwaway scene that probably didn't even need to be in there. But he's like, oh, are, so the foreclosure's going to happen? Yeah, it's a definite or whatever. Like after he's like getting him the papers to the kid's dad or whatever. But it it is very. It's a very weak plot point. It's yeah. it's entirely just just it's a plot device just to send the them on this journey. Kids need money for some reason. What is? And it? it's it's one of those things that like if they spent more time explaining it, like maybe it might make more sense. But would it be a more effective plot device? You know, uh, you know I, I think know. it would have been way more effective if. I mean, I just wasn't buying that their house was getting foreclosed on. Like, the mom hadn't even started packing yet. Like, there's this weird scene where she brings home a maid that she can't communicate with. So I don't understand how <laughs> she found her. Um, maybe she kidnapped her. I'm not really sure. But, like, she brings home this woman to clean this house that's going to be bulldozed or something. And it's like, shouldn't you be packing? Like, what? Like Yeah, that is weird. I, I thought the whole thing was weird. And I think the whole point is to show that... I think the whole point of that scene with the maid is to show that that kid can speak spanish oh you're exactly right only yeah i feel like there's any better ways to do that you know i mean i I think most houses have addicts and (laughs) well no she's got a line (laughs) where she's like uh walking around where she's like oh yeah you know uh the attic door is like slightly ajar and she's like uh dad doesn't want anybody going up there that's why the door is always open or something i don't know but that's what gives like Corey feldman's character mouth like the notion, like, oh, let's go check it and see what's up in the attic, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's loose and and weak plot points, but it, again, <laughs> it's it's just it's plot devices that are just there to to push the story along. And the more that you but, look at it, the less water it holds, for sure. And they actually cut a really pivotal scene that actually uh, helps them begin their journey. Like, aren't they like in a store, Brian? You know this scene? Oh yeah. The deleted scene where they're in the convenience store. Yeah, and they and they see a brochure or something. And actually, he's like, "Oh, that kind of matches the, the the way that this coin, the little holes on this coin, or yeah. whatever." And we, we maybe we could go up there. It kind of leads to that because when if you watch the movie, they just kind of like happen upon it, and they're like, "Oh, look at look at this vantage point. This is perfect." And why the fuck is a restaurant built upon a fucking goddamn pirate <laughs> ship? You know, I like, was thinking, uh, what? No, no. 
It wasn't built no, upon the pirate like ship. No, it's like several it's, miles it's, away. Yeah, it, it, it's just it's the not, top right, of the yeah, tunnel. It, it's just the yeah. beginning of the tunnel. But it's not a restaurant. Oh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's the beginning this, of this the movie, tunnel. Right. This, this <laughs> movie... This movie, being a kids' movie, they couldn't say pub or bar. It's it's a fucking it's a shipport bar that's right there or whatever. It's yeah, from the sixteen hundreds. Yeah. Well, what I, are hope. you talking about? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> These pirates were lost like fucking three hundred years ago. You think this pub is still standing? Fucking three hundred years Bro, later. Have you have you been to New Orleans? I've been to uh, to uh, Lafitte's Tavern. It's and, an old and they fucking have, pub from and they have bars there that just sit. That haven't been used in 300 years? Bro, the fucking pirate ship has been sitting there for 300 fucking years, and it floats out in the end. How dare you? Suspend your bliss for disbelief. It's a well, hold on. They say, they, say, <laughs> they say at the beginning that it's a seasonal restaurant, and it should be closed for the season. It and that has been closed for years. Well, I mean, maybe, you know, it's not kept well, clearly. But that's, that's why there's a restaurant that's not open. And not kept well. And there's like that, yeah, like a weird dungeon. I don't know. It's so weird because there's an ice cream freezer and then there's a fucking fireplace in the same goddamn room. And they open the fireplace and that's how they get into the tunnel that leads them down to the cave. And also on the way, they also they also see fucking pipes from the fucking city. So, I mean, somebody installed those motherfuckers down there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like a shit ton of them too, and then they meet. Uh, then they then they go to a wishing well, and I'm just like, oh my god! Was like everybody like kind of almost half discovering this pirate ship, and then was just like, ah, we got to the well, fuck it. Well, maybe. Well, the- I mean, they talk about. I mean, it's it's in the papers. That's what all those newspapers are framed about. How many people are trying to find the the pirate treasure? Well, you're you're missing the entire point here about about that because if all of that exists, then why the fuck couldn't One Eyed Willie get the fuck out? If he went through all this trouble building all these fucking traps and like digging all this shit, you don't think he couldn't have just dug through that one wall that like where they, the entire ship comes out of? Dude, I I don't know. I, I, I mean, the, 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 the movie doesn't make any sense on many areas. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> I kind of you know as I was watching this, uh, I used to love like pirate movies when I was a kid, and as I'm watching this now, I am, have a lot of questions about like, let's say you have a pirate treasure in your pirate ship. And like, I understand you don't want to put it in banks so they don't have insurance or something. I don't know. But like, you want to keep it in a safe spot. I'm very confused about these pirates who sit there and put it in like a cave and then booby trap it. As I was watching it the whole time, I was like, I don't think these pirates have this the skill level. Like why are, are pirate treasures shouldn't be this hard to find. I just had a lot of questions about these like weird games that they had to play and the organ and like all of this i just don't buy that one-eyed willy had that much intellect or time even to like set this whole thing up to build that floor that if you hit the wrong fucking notes the fucking floor oh, oh we're only we're only allow these 10 rocks to fall which is cool um, <laughs> i like amazing. it no, i like yeah. it it's cool but i'm just like <laughs> If you can do all of that, maybe you lost your like you missed your calling because I don't think you should be a pirate anymore at this point. He had all the money in the world already. He was he was bored. You know what they say about happens when you get rich. You know you start doing other things. Why wouldn't you want to spend your money? Like, why do pirates never spend their money? Can we? I'm sorry. I have a lot of questions about pirates. Like why don't they spend their money? Like if they have it all, like why why does it always like sink or like get set up and like everyone has to go hunting? for it like i just don't understand i don't understand this pirates are kind of like dragons right they just gotta hoard all the gold and they want to just like like be like like 
Like we yeah. like went through it. Like this is fate. calling <laughs> into question every pirate story I've ever heard. I'm like, maybe none of this is real. Like you all lied to me my whole life. We spend money on booze and clothes. <laughs> but why is the rum extra gone? frills? <laughs> like, uh, it's like it's like all those like heist movies where they're like, we'll just do like one last heist and make all of this money. Uh, but then, like, instead of, like, going and spending it or, like, living your life in a house somewhere with someone you love, I don't know. Like, you're just like, actually, you know what would be really cool is putting this in a cave. And I'm just, what's going on? <laughs> some people use banks. Some people use mattresses. Some, some people, people use, use caves. caves you know? it's, uh, it is what it is. Whatever makes you comfortable. Well, he didn't. He didn't mean to hide it in that cave, though, right? Like he got trapped by some. He clearly did. He had so many traps set up. This is clearly a deliberate well, he choice. Couldn't, he couldn't get the ship out. Yeah, like like wasn't it some like navy or somebody like bombarded uh, yeah. and like yeah. blew yeah. in the walls? Like I'm saying, saying, it doesn't make any saying. sense. If, if he could have went and figured out all and bit, you know, spent thirty fucking years building these damn traps, uh, <laughs> like he could have dug his way out and got all of his gold especially because the kids just like what did i they blew up like one thing and all of a sudden the boat comes out like what's happening here okay i i I was always unclear about this even as a kid so i get that the boat leaves because uh of the booby trap you know with willie's gold Mm -hmm. and he's got the little scales and there's like a booby trap with the scales right and that makes the ship anchor come up and the ship leave are do the walls fall down because of the dynamite or because of the booby trap the booby trap. I, it's, it's really not clear, man, because you don't see anything com- fall down. I think down. it's a combination of both. I think that they needed to get the boat out into the harbor for that last cool shot where it's uh, going off because that's what the storyboard said. So they were like, <laughs> okay, just <laughs> just cut to the walls crumbling down. People won't really question it because by that point, the score will be up to the point and your like emotion level will be like, holy shit, we finally did it. Like, you know, yeah. And no one will give a fuck. No one's ever going to like study this movie. That's, I mean, honestly, they that's the whole that. movie. That you is know, the whole movie. Here's the other thing that I had a problem with is that last scene when you see the ship come out and it's doing its thing. And yes, you have the music and everyone's so excited. I would be like, hey, there's some there's some treasure in that ship. And it's just like floating out to sea. Like, yeah, let's like, go Bye. get it. Yeah. <laughs> and no, everyone's man, just we'll like, flying wow, a helicopter out there. it's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you're you're excited enough to not lose your house because you found these rubies, but no, Noah's like, gonna be like the whole town's about to be lost to a country club. We have the solution, but oh oh look, let's go in. It's that's too bad. That was nice thought though. No, the, the the parents didn't even know. The parents just thought the kids were gone. They had no idea the kids were going out to find this fucking treasure to save the fucking town. So like when dad like rips up. They, they show this, this like handful of fucking costume jewelry, and he's like, well, nothing's going to be signed today! You know, like, really? <laughs> He'd already half-signed it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I don't know if, if that... Cause he, yeah, instant, he mostly Instant faith in your it. children. I would at least get it appraised first, and then have like yeah. some questions, like... Because wasn't it like the maid holding it? Someone was holding yeah. it. Yeah, she just dumped him in her hands. Yeah, I... Mm. It's all moving a little too quickly for me. That, I feel like that was a good quick wrap up. 
Oh. <laughs> I like when the dad rips that paper up and he throws it up in the and, air, and you can. And get then more, another yeah. more and goes then, up behind it. Yeah, and then another like the the timing of it's completely terrible. It's like how many how many uh, contracts yeah. are we ripping up and throwing up in the air, here, guys? What, what are well, we doing? The whole town, the whole town ripped up their contracts for their, you know, because they're like we're gonna, you're like we're gonna be able to save the entire town with this one bag of jewels. It was, it was a symbolic contract. We yeah. were, they were all. Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh, uh, I like it. I like it. I don't know. Not, not I don't. I don't want to like pick apart somebody's favorite movie of all time or anything. But I mean, well, we already It's just oh man, there's so many things I question in this film. Ugh. But it's, it's I don't know. It's it's got a good heart. It's got it's got a good tone. Yeah, it's got a great score. It's got whimsicalness. It does have a good score. The score is good. Great themes. That, that kind of come back and let's just like you said it, it really helps set the tone it gives it the fairy tale kind of adventure uh you know it's it's the kids indiana jones yep complete with indiana jones's sidekick we were talking last week about <laughs> uh I, I forget who who brought it up but we were talking about labyrinth and like the the stakes not feeling like there's ever danger right yeah i think this movie gets it right in the first half and then fucks it up in the end like the beginning when you see like those fbi guys well you see the one guy in the fridge right and he's got the hole in his head Mm -hmm. i think that's great stakes for a kid's film dude when when the dead guy's in the car with him and everywhere (laughs) he moves the dead guy just lays on him and and chunk on chunk and it's like that is the funniest shit man i watched that scene like three times It's so good, man. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, there is some. There is some some really solid, like, scary moments. Um, Like even when when Chunk, you're like, oh, he's getting away. Cool, he's gonna go get the cops. And that whole uncut shot where he tells the entire story. Oh man. And then I can identify all three of them. And the light clicks on, and the and he's just framed right there. And the man, it's so good. Like that's that's a that's a well composed, well executed little moment. And it's good. It's really well written. Like you know, it's it's a perfect little moment. And then he ad libs like, "Well, man, it's so good." Yeah, and then the end is just walk. I don't know. They're gonna walk the plank. Yeah, right, it doesn't make right. any sense. Yeah, it's just, it just it kind of sucks all the uh, the danger out of the end of the Can movie. Can we talk about the scene where uh, Mrs. Fratelli, whoever she is, is threatening Chunk with the blender, and he won't <laughs> tell her yeah. what. <laughs> He wants, and so she just turns it on, and he starts screaming. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious, and also yeah, terrifying. But, I mean, I don't, you know. dude. Yeah, <laughs> she, they, they, she doesn't she grab mouth and like you know, like I'm gonna cut your tongue out. You know, like dude, they're 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 brutal. They're swinging guns around. Yeah, for the first yeah. part, it's like yeah. right when that organ scene happens. Uh, I don't know. It's just like all the the danger just kind of evaporates from the film at that point for me. That's when it kind of starts going a little bit more Scooby Doo ish. It's, oh, yeah. All right. I never. Uh, yeah, I never thought about that. Oh, you just fixed the movie. Yeah, you just well, put I'm a big pa- band aid on there, <laughs> 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 and you kissed the boo boo, and you're like, "That'll be better." <laughs> well, you, you said that you the first it. thing I thought of was like uh, <laughs> when Data when he <laughs> when he busts open his shirt and it's got the uh, the boxing glove. <laughs> it comes out, hits like Robert Dar- Darby in the face, and there's like some kind of like no 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 no. That's totally Inspector yeah, Gadget. Man. Yeah, that's Inspector Gadget, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. No, that's it's, it's like, that's no. definitely it. <laughs> that's what it is, Penny. <laughs> I was expecting a Dr. Claw voice. I don't even remember. Dr. Claw or whatever. I don't even remember. I know he had a cat. Oh, yeah. 
most bad guys do. It's a bad yeah. guy thing. You have cats <laughs> in your evil villain layers. That's why you have so many cats. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Maybe if we watch the trailer, we'll get like you know inspired to say something positive about the movie. <laughs> All right. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to watch a trailer for The Goonies, and we will be back. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Whoa, you guys realize what we could do? I don't want to go on any more of your crazy goonie adventures. Meet Mikey. I gotta go to the bathroom. Brand. Andy. Shame, shame. Oh, come on, Brand. Slip the tongue. That's disgusting. No, I can't even look. Mouth. I gotcha. Now get out from behind her. You're ruining the painting. You're ruining my job. Stephanie. Data. Goonie Bango. Chunk. They call themselves the Goonies. They've stumbled onto a legend, but they're not alone. Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. No. Discover what they uncover. Rubies and emeralds and diamonds. The lost map. The secret caves. Treacherous traps. Hello, Sheriff. I'm at the Lighthouse Lounge. And I want to report a murder. Just like that last prank about all those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. Take the oath. Join the adventure. As Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. All right, we're back. That was the trailer for The Goonies. Richard Donner's The Goonies, not to be confused with a Steven Spielberg film. What'd you guys think of that trailer? Eh, that trailer kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I like the trailer. It's cute. It's uh, too long. It's cute and it's fun, and it kind of like gives you a nice preview of a cute and a fun movie. Yeah, there's intrigue, there's thrills, but it doesn't give anything away. Like they didn't show the fucking pirate ship or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Trailers these days, you would have they would have put that shit in. Oh, they'd have been standing on the plank, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch the ship sail out? Oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah. everybody's standing there. You know I mean, they'll have the last shot in there. Uh, Sloth's ear twitching. The other thing when I was <laughs> going back to our, this whole movie is completely unbelievable. When I was watching the trailer, I remembered they were in Oregon. And if they spent that much time in the water, all those kids would have hypothermia. And <laughs> oh, for sure. 
Honestly, why they spend so much time because they start getting in the water what from the wishing well or? Oh yeah, yeah. they're they're soaking wet. Then. Yeah. Um, did anyone notice that the the water at the end um, went from like like brilliant dark green to like kind of pale green and then to like crazy deep blue, um, depending on the shots and where they were but the, of that little inner lagoon. Anybody else notice that? Yeah. Like they're, 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 there's yeah. no consistency with uh, with it like between their set pieces. I mean, they were dumping actual dye into it like every day, and they were shooting there for a long time. That that whole that whole thing was was an actual um, that was a stage that wasn't like some location. They built all that shit, including the ship in in the stage. And doesn't uh, you, you get a little bit of a gradient change though? Uh, you know, just from the depth of the water as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that could be a little bit. I don't know. I may be making excuses for this movie at I this point. I think you're making excuses because, like, brilliant, <laughs> like, royal blue and then, like, you know, Teenage, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle green. Uh, well, Donatello <laughs> was in this, so. Oh, 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 bro. Bringing it around. Okay. I let it slide. I let it slide. <sighs> Corey Feldman was the voice in the, of Donatello in the, what was it, the, the live action 90s Teenage Mutant yes. Ninja Turtles? Or, but wait, was he in all of them? Yeah. All right. There you go. I think so. What was up with Corey Feldman's like constant water being like coming down from his face in the wishing well scene when he's doing that really like this wish is mine. I'm taking this quarter and there's like water and it's just like is there yeah. somebody off like screen just constantly pouring water on that dude's no, head? No, so he was he was talking about that that um, particular set and the DVD commentary. He was saying how well actually everyone else was saying that he was always putting his head through the waterfall just cuz he liked it so much. He was like Oh yeah, I know. It's like the softest, like looks like glass, and so I'm sure that like when they were trying to shoot it, he had just been sticking his head in it more. It doesn't make sense in the scene for sure. No, it is. It's it's distracting because he's like literally spitting water because it's dripping down over his mouth while he's trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and like, it's supposed to be this moment, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. Oh, it's cringe me, man. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, I think it's the worst ugh, worst part I, of the I movie. do like I do like that uh that dude's like uh the douchebag jock up there and he, and he Troy. All, uh, Troy, all his friends are like, Hey, did you make it with Andy yet? He's like, No, not yet and he's like flips a quarter, he's like, What'd you wish for? And he's like, To make it with Andy and then the quarter flies it, it like oh, jumps right just... back up. <laughs> it's like nope. That, <laughs> no, you're that not. was a good little gag, but that whole scene, the wishing well scene is is the worst scene in the entire movie. Why were these three dudes at the wishing well? <laughs> like, he wants to he wants to wish to make it with go? Andy. There's nowhere else for them to go. I mean, I don't think they drove around that town on their bicycles, so I don't think that it's that big. Yeah. What are they gonna do? Well, Troy's got a convertible, man. I mean, he's he's living the rich life. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like it though. The scene before the wishing well, he like it's the scene the next the well, I guess the previous time you see him in the movie, he gets shot up from the commode. He's we- he's wearing like a onesie. <laughs> he lo- he, lo- he looks like he's like in prison. Yeah, like, like yeah. they they had this like total like you know. Like what you put a baby in, where it like you know velcros in, in the crotch, you know. So it's like a it's it's underwear and t- pants. I guess because they're going to throw him up at the ceiling. His little leotard. See. Yeah, they didn't want you to see anything, so it it looks it just looks awkward. I mean, it's clearly a commentary on why money is bad and country clubs are evil because this is what you'll turn into. 
Just a just a douche. A douche, <laughs> but who can't dress and who wears weird leotards and <laughs> toilets explode on them. Like like all of it's just it just is terrible. And you displace poor little kids. And so, really, it's better to just struggle your whole life. And their pompous attitude at the end. Well, we're the richest people here, or whatever, <laughs> whatever bullshit they said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got off the set of Caddyshack. Uh, we're showing up here. Well, maybe. I mean, actually, hold on. That's exactly it. Because like they find all of this treasure, and like at the end, there's like the treasure is like escaping on its own, and everyone's like, oh, but we have these five jewels, so we're good. <laughs> they were like six or seven. That's for one-eyed <laughs> Willie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole film. They even do it. That's that's exactly the thing at the wishing well. It's like, no, these are people's wishes. Don't touch this money. I mean, there's probably only a couple hundred dollars in that well. Well, you know. Okay, I didn't say like it would save their house. I just said, you know. (laughs) It's kind of the point, you know. It's only take what you need. You know, what you really need is love and family. And yeah, I mean, there's also. uh, How crazy is it at the end of the movie that fucking uh, Chunk is like, tells Sloth. He's like, you're going to come and live with me. Like, like, wait, let's go talk to mom and dad. What's your mom (laughs) think about this? Can we, can we like adopt this like dude who was dropped on his head by his mom, like eight, that 8,000 times and like crushed his head in. And then he's been abused and tortured by his family and like (laughs) chained to the wall and made and ridiculed and made fun of. And like, holy shit. (laughs) Not to mention he also has superhuman strength as well. Yeah. Uh, He can just like run through your wall. But he, but he loves Chunk though. So and Baby Ruth bars. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the sloth thing now. I know that's like such a beloved character uh, from this movie, but oh man, it wouldn't. It, it would be harder, hard to make this today. We say that a lot watching these older movies, uh, you know, because it, you know, I don't, you know, if you can get away with taking a mentally challenged person and and you know, even though they end up becoming like you know the the hero of the movie. Well, wasn't there like a whole yeah. slew of movies in the eighties where that? was kind of what they did yeah either mentally handicapped people i know this was like in the 80s but it wasn't that long ago that like you know other people you know like when did the 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 disabilities act come in like that's recent like there's all of this stuff i i think i think it would be hard to make today because it's I don't know. At the at the time, like there was, I don't know. I, I, in the eighties, I definitely remember like a whole slew of these movies uh, 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 to show that like we should care about everyone, kind of thing. I don't think we would have hired like an NFL running back or something, and then put like makeup all over his face. Well, and that have that his ears is do like little bat wing things. I don't know what they were doing. Well, no, because I mean, I actually remember this. I feel like there was a big push. Was it in like the late nineties or early aughts where like, it was like, if you're going to hire somebody like that, you need to hire an actor who looks like that. And that was, there was like a huge push for representation in Hollywood so that, yeah, you don't put a mask over someone's face. You hire someone who is, you know, representative of whatever you're trying to portray. I think the water boy, uh, was the nail in that coffin. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that was, uh, ooh, that is hard to watch these days. Hmm. That was a big box office hit, too. Well, fuck, I mean, you got, uh, you got uh, Forrest Gump, you know? That won an Academy Award. I don't know. Sometimes, like, uh, it's cute and endearing, but I don't know. Sometimes Forrest Gump is the butt of the jokes. Yeah, but, but he also has that great line. He's like, I may not be a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> Bro. Your, yeah. your heart's not breaking at that scene. You're not a fucking human. Just telling you. No, we, no, no wonder it won the Oscar. Just letting you know. Yeah, I would have given it to Pulp Fiction. And- 
<laughs> so surprised by that. Totally would have given it to Pulp Fiction. Come on. Who remembers Forrest Gump over Pulp Fiction today? Mm, everybody's mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, touche. <laughs> Just like uh, the number one movie, I think, uh, opening weekend when the Goonies came out was uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two. You know who really? Re- yeah, and that was a way bigger box office hit. Who the fuck is talking about that movie today? No, everybody's talking about the Goonies. You can go into Target and get a Goonies T-shirt. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Let's talk about these costumes. Let's do it. Speaking of T-shirts, speaking of Rambo, <laughs> Josh Brolin's also awesome red uh, headband that he wore for half the film. What did you guys think of these costumes? I loved them. Actually, I think they're they're pitch perfect for every single character i feel no like doubt. actually this is this is okay so when you look at this i feel like it's so quintessential 80s and they all are wearing such normal clothes that it's easy to forget that they're so stylized and that's mm-hmm. really what the costume mm-hmm. designer did here and it's beautiful it's perfect it works wonderful wonderfully uh every single scene the costumes look outstanding while still looking completely normal and I feel like that is like stuff like this, honestly, is why a lot of people think they can get away with not having any sort of costume or wardrobe person on set. Because they're like, oh, well, you can just wear normal clothes without realizing how much thought goes into all of this. I mean, even that that's horribly tacky, like uh, I think Shank was wearing like a the floral shirt with the plaid pants. <laughs> yeah. It works. Yeah. It works. It's so great. And I absolutely love like the scene where they're running to the abandoned restaurant mine, whatever. And they all have on a different color coat and you just yep. see like bright specks walking across. Like that was beautiful. I love that. Well, even when they're, when they're walking up to the, to the restaurant thing and they have those, those shots of the, the coastline and it's just this like gray, dull, low contrast. And then this color thing just comes over the hill. Yeah. Like though it's, it's just brilliant how, how they put that stuff together. Yeah. I think the whole production design is outstanding on this from For every sure. level. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I like how the, uh, the costumes are layered. So like they yeah. they kind of take them off as they go through the movie. So it, I don't know. It yeah. looks a little different, even though they're all wearing pretty much the same thing throughout the film. Well, it well, gives a little bit of character progression, you know, in some subtle ways. They all, I mean, yeah, it's so interesting how they're. It's all like quintessential '80s. Like when you think of '80s, this is exactly what like style. Like this is exactly mm-hmm. what you think of. But they each have such a distinguished look that you know which one you're looking at just based on which colors they're wearing and which style they're wearing. I mean, even the two girls have the two very distinct styles, uh, Andy and uh, Stephanie, whatever the other one was. Yeah, Um, I think they called her Steph in the movie or something. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's still still so different, even though they're both, like, perfectly done. What was she doing in the beginning of the movie? When like you're you first see she her, she's bobbing for crabs. What the fuck is that a thing? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, just, I didn't grow up in Oregon. That's what, Maybe that's just, what they do. That's what you do in Asteria or whatever they're from. Astoria. Astoria. Let me tell you, Astoria. Oh, yeah, I got dad jokes. What did you guys think of the two the two ladies, the two women in this film? Oh, they badly written. Very, very poorly written. They were mostly there to just prop up the, the male characters and scream a lot and get scared. And just so say bad. dumb, vapid stuff. Yeah. Ah, 
the Andy character who everyone loves and who, okay, also, okay, well, it's weird that she is like trying to date the one dude and makes out with the brother and everyone's like, ha ha ha, isn't this funny? And I'm like, no, that's kind of gross. Like, (laughs) who does that? Yeah, I like I like that when uh, when the older brother finds out, you know, he's like, "Wait, Mikey has braces." She just like instantly kisses him really quickly just to shut him up. <laughs> She's like, "No, no, no, let's not even talk about that." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that relationship has a good future. But I just thought Andy, like, considering how beloved she is among all of the characters for some reason, I just, she's, like, basically, like, brain dead. She has, like, nothing of substance. There's no value there. Like, I don't understand. Like, she's just pretty. Yeah, she has that breakdown where she's, like, she's like, who, who cares if they're looking down my shirt? I mean, that's okay. Okay, I have a pretty body. I mean, don't you think I have a pretty body? Like, you know, like, oh, my God. <laughs> she can play the piano, and so she was, like, very important for that scene. But that's it. Or the organ. She was playing the organ. But she, she brings she brings it up when, when like she meets her parents. She's like, "Can I take piano lessons?" Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> that back that was that was her end. closing arc at the end. That was her character arc. Yeah. Oh, but I get piano lessons. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. No, 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 no. She ends up making out with um with Josh Brolin, and then and then the Josh Brolin's mom's like. We'll let her parents worry about it. We'll let her mother worry about it. <laughs> so responsible. Yeah, her mom can worry about it. Yeah, like so. Speaking of terrible parenting, um, is this is this? I mean, obviously, I grew up in the '80s, and like, I kind of remember like running around the neighborhoods and stuff. But like, not like this. Is this what kids used to do? Because oh, this yeah. would never happen today. Oh yeah, we 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 were set free on the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same. I was set free, but like also I had to be home by the time the streetlights were on. Oh, that's totally true. You know, <laughs> or, you know, we, we would say we were staying the night at somebody's house and then go and, you know, go try to find one out of Willie's gold. <laughs> well, this is also part of the reason why it's it's taken for granted that every single parent shows up along with the police at the end of the movie, because clearly these kids who are normally used to going all around by their by themselves on their own didn't show up for dinner. My mother would beat me if I was gone for 16 oh, yeah. hours. All and then those I parents are way too cool. Found me on the side of the street and I was like, I'm treasure hunting. <laughs> <laughs> well, those, those, most of those parents were the actual actors, actual parents. So if they, if they weren't like a character in the movie, like, so Chunk's mom, that's his actual mom. Um, the Steph character, that's, that's her, one of her parents. I think Corey Feldman's, grandmother was there or something like that so that was kind of fun that's cool is that why the last scene is so bad though (laughs) (laughs) some of it also there's a bunch of of pickup (laughs) shots that they added to it like the exchange between chunk and the uh and sloth where they're shooting like down into the just the the parking lot and up into the sky that's in burbank much much later it's like oh sky's really clear for a foggy day in oregon hey it works it totally works. Yeah, fill the holes, get yeah. those extra emotional final moments. Yeah, yeah, final Brian. moments. <laughs> I don't have much, I don't have uh, really anything else to say about this movie, guys. I feel like, considering how much you hate this movie, you haven't like. I, I feel like I need to hear more about this. No, I mean that that that's kind of it. You know, yeah. Oh, you know what? I got a question for you guys. All right, what's up? With Sean asking their, their parents, like a uh, fucking door opener, with like it's like a Doc Brown 
What's that? That's like a what's that? Oh, Rube the Rube Goldberg, Goldberg machine. Machine. Yeah. I don't know what that. What the hell that thing was? It was it had a bowling ball. A chicken's got to lay an egg and. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a Rube Goldberg machine. Brian, you're watching a cartoon. <laughs> you know, for kids. I'm just saying, like... It's, it's, it's crazy. This movie is full of these machines. It, it shows... Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Da- it shows, Data has those... So did, did Data go over next door? And he was like, hey, no, I'm going to fix this for I you. Think, I think that that was, uh, that was uh, Mikey's building. I think so, too. You know, I think yeah. that, that's his connection to One-Eyed Willie. They're like, has- they're like soulmates. Yeah, he's, he has such like an unspoken like respect for him. That's why they give him the moment when he when they finally find the treasure and he goes to and talk like to Brian Willie. He's, yeah, he's yeah. Has his moment because it's it's the foreshadowing of like oh you you're well, you're gonna see this fun and, and whimsical thing, and it kind of sets the tone for the whole movie to me. It was something that his dad was really into. It's his connection yeah. to his dad through One Eyed Willie. I feel like the Rube Goldberg machine opening the fence is is this movie in a nutshell. It's a bunch bunch of really really pointless things that if you think about it too long, it won't make sense. <laughs> but if you watch it, it's still kind of fun. What happens if that chicken can't lay an egg, right, egg at right. that moment? Like, does, does the person <laughs> just have to open if... the gate for themselves? Well, no. I mean, they don't have like... anything else like that in their house. It's not like it's not like Doc Brown's house or like like fucking. Uh, Data's outfit or anything. It's just this one fucking well, thing, bro. The mom. Do you think like, mom would allow that the inside? Mom, yeah, the mom was like, do whatever you want in the yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. like, why don't they have something else like that on their bikes or, I don't know, just like, it's just this one random thing in the movie that it looks like it should be added to, to Data's house. That looks like it Maybe. Should, that should be in his doorbell and it just doesn't fit. Like no, production it's, design it's, wise, it's, it's just it's weird. Not, it's not mechanical. It's the well, it, I don't know. It, it's it's more like the one-eyed Willie traps. No, yeah. I, I mean, I okay. The connection I got with one-eyed Willie and Mikey that they were, I was. I mean, he comes out and says it in the movie. It's like he's the first Goonie. He's the yeah. first one that's a reject. That's kind of like them. That's there. I didn't get anything about like I never saw Mikey doing anything outside of just exploring. I didn't see him building anything. Yeah, but he he's got the lore, you know. He's got the passion for it. He's the one that that's leading the charge. Yeah, he's telling the stories in the attic. Yeah, <laughs> still nothing to make me uh, think. I don't know, man. It's it's just <sighs> yeah, just little nitpicky problems that even like watching it as a kid, it's just like eh, wait, wait, that that feels wrong. I think it's just a setup that like you know he's not like a normal kid. He's a cool kid, and he has all this cool stuff, and he doesn't just sit around playing video games. He Likes to go on um, play pirate games or something, you know. It's just to set up that that he's you know quirky. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. They're they're obviously very active and creative and, and adventurous, and I think all that comes through just by seeing this random, otherwise pointless setup that foreshadows a lot of other things in the movie. And there has to be another way to get in the house because the mom, at one point, asks if they use the front door or the back door, or she makes some reference to the two different doors. I like the zipline entrance. That's how oh, I would yeah. always enter the <laughs> house. Oh, yeah. Every time. I would go across the street, just enter that house. <laughs> Does Data live there? That would be really cool if he did, and that was how he could just come over to visit his friend's house. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's how yeah, I took it. That's his house. I mean, I, you know, I'm just assuming that there's nothing in the movie that would leave you to believe that other than... He's coming from that general direction. No, because like when I watched it, I definitely got the impression that he was like, "I'm just gonna climb up here and zip." <laughs> <laughs> this whole neighborhood is our playground. <laughs> we are the Goonies. We have the Goondocks. 
Which I mean, I didn't get I didn't get that as a kid. That shit went right over my head. I remember seeing this young. That's like, what, why is this movie called The Goonies? Why are, why are they calling themselves The Goonies? What's up with that? Because they grew up in the Goondocks. Yeah, I know. Well, the you know the teenage boys who are dicks are kind of pointless, and I don't really understand why they're there. Like, why I don't understand. Like, why was there the scene with um, those guys? Like the guy he who was in the convertible who like you know, was looking up their up their skirt and down their shirt and saying at the wishing well that he wants to make it with Andy. Like, what was the point of that? Like, those, it was really just those two scenes. We're trying to add some arc to her to, to make a decision, you know, to give up the sweater. Yeah, because she was kind of in, in that world a little bit. Well, hold yeah, up. Doesn't good. Josh Brolin in the very beginning of the movie say, like, on Friday night, I got a date with Andy? And then, like, uh, Mouth makes some joke, but, like, yeah, but you didn't get your driver's yes. license, so... Like, she was already going out with him anyway. Yeah. She was just going to test it. I don't know why, Kristen. I I have no idea why that's You know, I was (laughs) like, yeah, I have no answer for you. (laughs) Anybody got got anything else? Nope. Well, let's move on to ratings here. Who's going first? Do you want to end on a positive or a negative note? (laughs) All right, since nobody's going, I guess I'll go. Um, uh, I I guess I give this movie like a, a, I'll give it a seven. I mean, it's it's entertaining. It it does feel a little long when you get to the end. I get a little bored. The pirate ship set is cool. I like it. It's just I'm kind of done with the movie at that point. Uh, it's it's visually nice to look at. Uh, like, oh my god, uh, the cave sets are great. Like, probably the best caves I think we've seen in any movie that had a cave. Like, you think of a better uh, last of the Mohegans. Go fuck yourself. What are you talking about? Free current joke. Pirates of the Caribbean has pretty good caves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That did. All right. Yeah, that's got better cave sets. Okay. Man, that movie's got good cave, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But, yeah, the the highlight of the movie for me uh, is definitely Data, definitely Chunk. Um, I like their performances a lot. I think they stand out. I, I really like the lighting of the movie. I'm not a big fan of a lot of the shots. I think it's, it's shot very standard, but, you know, you're working with kids. I wouldn't go crazy either. Um, but yeah, no th- doubt. they do have some dolly moves and, and crane shots and stuff like that. So that that, that that is nice. There are some weird, like, lighting inconsistencies. Like, the fireplace that they move from the restaurant, there's, like, an orange light. Yeah. yeah but the fireplace like isn't weird Ember, no, red ember it, sort it's of glow. Fake, it's a fake fireplace. It's like they're know, supposed man. to be fake logs or something. So why, yeah, no, I've thought about that a lot. A lot. <laughs> like, what was it supposed to be? Like previously used or and still glowing, but nobody's like, "Oh, it's hot. Be careful." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven. <laughs> Who's next? Oh, Brian, I'm also gonna give this movie a seven. I, I, I think there's gonna be people upset that we're not gonna give these like a nine. Um, or a 10. But the movie's super fun. Uh, I think it's a cool roller coaster ride. I, I'd be interested to see what kids think about it now. Brian, have your kids watched this movie? Oh, yeah. All three of them loved it. And they love it. Yep. Super loved it. We, we just aged out of it, man. We, we, we're seeing the holes in it. We've seen beyond it. You're trying to look beyond what's, what's, what, what the surface level of it. Mm-hmm. I think if you just let this movie wash over you and you just take the ride and you go, you go, you know, you go on the trip, and you you, you find sloth, and you know, you go down into the, the caves. You, you get to experience something like Indiana Jones would have, but in from a kid's perspective. I prefer something um, more like Monster Squad or Big Trouble in Little China. That's more my jam than Goonies. 
but I mean, I also get why why it's a classic and why people love it. I mean, man, this was this was probably a this was a really big movie for a lot of people's childhoods, man. I mean, it, it like you you don't really get very many kid adventure movies, especially at this time, right? What what else was there? Oh man, I don't know. Yeah, like all those Spielberg movies. Yeah, like uh, E. T. come out three years before that. Yeah. It's it's just the next Spielberg movie, man. <laughs> but no, man. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie. If 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 it's a Saturday night, you know, if it's Saturday night, no one's seen it. You know, it's a totally it, it'll win. You know. All right, who's going next? I'll go. Uh, I will give this movie an eight. I think, uh, Jared, you're right. If you just sit and enjoy it, it's super fun. It, like, there's, you know. Lots of kids screaming, but they're doing stuff. (laughs) They're going on adventures. And if you can get in that mindset of, you know, being a kid who isn't, you know, thinking about anything, who's just like going out and having fun, it's such a fun movie. It's only when you start to like sit and watch it and analyze it that things start to fall apart. This is just a fun popcorn movie, you know. Uh, and it's it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's just adventurous, you know. I like it. So Kristen just described everything I was planning on saying. <laughs> uh, That's I why I went a, first. <laughs> yeah, I give this a nine. Um, oh man, it just keeps going up. I don't see. I don't care if it's skin deep. Like it's 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 like paper. You, if you try to put something on top of it, of course it's going to break. But if you look at it just by itself, <laughs> it's really appreciable. Um, I think the production design is just outstanding. Um, the world building is really good. The I think overall the pace of the movie, except for a couple little scenes here and there, uh, is really, really fun. Michael Kahn's editing is just outstanding. Like when, when you want to see something, he's already there. And, and for the fact that it's a kid actor's movie and there's some of these, there's, I think there's some really great um, line delivery and there's some really great character moments. Um, there's also some really fucking cheesy moments. So, <laughs> especially every time Troy is on on screen, I'm just like, someone just go away. <laughs> um, but it's just it's a really really fucking fun story. Goonies never say die. That's true. I don't even know what the fuck that means and uh, why it was brought up and uh, why why do Goonies never say die? Go- Goonies never give up. You know, Goonies like to say things in a weird way. Like, you know, the rich stuff instead of like, you know, uh, <laughs> like money or treasure or, you know, Goonies say shit weird. <laughs> Wait, they said That's pretty classic though, right? Chris Columbus. No, they say the rich stuff. We got to go find the rich stuff. And then even yeah. e- even when Data at the end, he, he brings it up. He, they bring it back. They just keep referring to it like that. It's kind of weird. All right. Okay. Goonie speak. You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word, crew at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, or on Apple Podcasts with my other podcast, Torah Stories. And Mike, where can they follow you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Griggsy Media, G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And Kristen. You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And we are going to be closing out the show tonight with... uh, I guess we're going to do track number one. 
for <laughs> for Tilly Chasing titles. <laughs> well, no, that, that, yeah, it's not actually the the opening titles. It's, yeah, it, it's actually got its the own thing. Scene. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. We're gonna be closing out with that. Enjoy. <laughs> 